this is Linda Burton. And this is Joe Burton with Five Minutes Stay Married. Today we have a special guest or special guest with us from Family Life Institute, i.e. is Pastor James and Kathy Flowers are joining us today for this very important topic that we're going to be discussing today. And what's the topic we're going to be discussing today, Linda? It is overcoming grief. We're going to, we're going to go deep today. And if you have comments or questions, please leave them in the link below. And so we're going to get started. So Linda, why don't you start us off? Okay, so today I really want to talk about grief and uh, especially the loss of a child and how it affects you as well as your marriage. And I asked Pastor Flowers to join us so we can have a well-rounded view of it. Our life experience is limited to before birth and we wanted to go farther and help people that actually had a child in their life and lost. And um, we are going to start with our story of losing our children. Mm -hmm. And the first one is the hardest one for me. It took me a while to do this video because of dealing with this. And it's because I, I had abortion. And with that, I realized if you had an abortion and you wasn't able to share with the person, then you're dealing with this grief all by yourself and how hard it is to go through that process and to deal with the grief of that. Our second child we lost, actually, actually it was twins. And do you want to share that? No, go ahead. You're doing fine. I'll chime in. Okay. Our <laughs> second one was twins and we lost them at two different times. We lost the first one after the first trimester and then we lost the second one during the last trimester. Mm -hmm. And basically the first one, the first twin umbilical cord choked the second and we had to deliver and name him. And then we had to um, go through the process of losing him, of going to the funeral home, picking out, you know, what we're, what we had to deal with of just that process of losing, losing. Um, so so after all these years, uh, what, 28 years, 27 years then, after all this time, it still affects you emotionally. I mean, it does. It, it, it's, it's a little, is it, I mean, how, how would you compare what you feel now compared to back then, if you can remember that? I mean, I know some time has passed but it's still with you, right? It's, I think it's always going to be with me. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I think the hardest one was the abortion mm -hmm. because I can't blame anyone but myself. I, I made that choice and I made that choice from feeling hopelessness. I mean, I got to my bottom of, of not having any hope and I made that choice. And I have to deal with that choice. And that was very, very hard. And because I made that choice, losing the twins felt like my punishment or that's what I deserve. And I put that guilt on top of that as well. So it's going through the process of learning how to know that my God is better than that and knowing that those are two separate things and knowing that I am loved and God has a better plan and we, we all make mistakes and we all do things wrong and I have to I have to learn how to forgive myself so so it's, it's definitely very challenging pastors do you have anything that uh, you can shed some light on 
Okay, well, we certainly appreciate the, the uh, opportunity of being with you. I think this is really a, a, a important topic. It takes a lot to actually talk about something like this. Uh -huh. I think it's important that, uh, uh, and, and I really want to say thank you for being brave enough to bring something of this nature with this much intimacy to the floor because mm -hmm. it will benefit a lot of people, mm -hmm. a lot of people. Uh, uh, we've, we've lost three children ourselves. Uh, and so uh, whenever you like, we, we, can, we can talk about that part of it. But what we were really talking about now was the fact that you bring this to the table and that there's voices that talk in your head. Whenever you talk about this, there's voices that come to us that talk to us about things like blame and shame and those kinds of things, which makes yeah. it really difficult to talk about this. And it's probably why people don't talk about it. But those voices are very real and they're very painful, but they're also not true. So, so it's really important for us to be able to help someone understand that voice that's talking to them, telling them they ought to be ashamed of themselves, or that voice that said, if it hadn't been for you, that voice is not true. You said you can hear voices or you can, you know, you can, you know, you can talk yourself into or out of different kind of things and you can, you know, you can go down a different path. Yeah, uh, I think, I think it, it is really, especially for us guys, one of the, the scripts that we learned early is to be strong and that strong quite often represents or manifesting itself in nothing phases me. And when, whenever I get that script that nothing phases me, then I try to act like nothing phases me. Yeah. Of course, that creates a whole, whole nother world of problems. And then issues that I really need to deal with, I haven't dealt with because I'm busy trying to act like it doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. it, it, it manifests, it bleeds out. It's like a bloom that's blown up that you push underneath water. It'll find a way to come out. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that we had a point in time um, or we're getting more to a point in time where we are learning about uh, a lot of wrong teachings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Uh, so, I mean, it, we can and we can see that today. There's a lot of truths coming out. We, there's a lot of studies coming out. So we don't have to be, we don't have to live by those falsehoods anymore. Right. Right. And it's about it. That to me, that's the biggest thing. If I had an older person to say, no, yes, don't get me wrong. I know what I did was wrong, but actually talk to me and explain like, just, this is not something you're, you, you, you know, you're getting rid of one problem, but you're adding so much more. You know what I mean? You're, you're thinking you're getting hope here because you're relieving that problem, but you, you lose so much more here, you know, like, or even, even if you feel that hopeless, know that there is hope. You know what I mean? Know that there's other choices. I didn't have that, you know? I mean, I was young, I was 20, you know? It's like, you just don't Trying to figure it that. out. Yeah, you know? Trying to figure, figure it out yourself. Yeah, and I, of, see, I yeah. see why it's so important that we need to talk to somebody that's more experienced in things. But the problem is the world today is this is like my deepest, darkest secret, you know, that I dealt with inside. Mm -hmm. And 
don't get me wrong. It's, 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 it's hard to share it, but it's something that needs to be shared. It's something that people to need to go different places and hear it or, or take it of, of realizing it's, you know, like, this is not it. This doesn't label you. But when it's not spoken, it felt like it labeled me like, okay, now I'm going to be judged or now people are going to look at me this way. And it is going to always be some, mm-hmm. but I'm not that hopeless person anymore. I, I know who I am. I know the power God has in my life. And I know so much more now than where I was back then. Yeah. And part of his maturity level of almost 30 years. And part of it is just having that good support team. I mean, like I, I, I um, mentioned right after I did it, I, I, long story short, I thought it wasn't done. I, I changed my mind there, but the process, it still happened. Mm-hmm. And going home or going, I couldn't even go home. Are you talking I, about the abortion? Yes. Okay. I couldn't even go home. I, I ended up going to a friend house and I had to stay there for a week. And I am so grateful that I have a husband that was like, what's going on? Let alone every day after work came by. Okay, you can come home. It's okay to come home. Yeah. But I didn't even feel worthy enough to go home yeah. to him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I felt like I am so blessed that I had my two-year-old that if, if it wasn't for him, I didn't see the point of living because I messed up and how dare I do something like that and I'm still alive. There's so much that goes with that, yep. let alone learning to forgive myself and then now worrying, is he going to forgive me and how is this going to affect our marriage? I mean, we were only married a couple of months and having very, very hard time of trying to find steady ground Mm-hmm. That is like, wow, I just made it worse. Thinking I'm making it better, yeah. I made things. We were, we were, <laughs> we, we were two broken vessels yeah. coming together, trying to come together as one. Had no idea about things, knew no one to talk to us about things. So now, I'm, as you talk, I'm starting to remember things too. Yeah. I don't remember being gone for a week, right? But I do remember one day going over to the person's house that she was staying, mm-hmm. who she was staying mm-hmm. with. And then she, so the person that she was staying with approached me outside the way before I got to the house, probably, I don't know, 30 feet away from the door. And she was telling me she was trying to, basically she was laying down the ground rules, which is a good thing. She was laying down the ground rules because she didn't want any arguments in her house. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm good. But um, I don't think, I don't think I was upset at the time. Um, I do remember calling around because Linda was gone and and I think you just left you left uh I don't know if I I don't know if I woke up and Linda was gone you had because I was in the military at the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I don't know if I woke up and Linda when you were gone if you were gone like you had okay she'll see so she planned it so that it won't interfere because there I think there was at the time that I think you were unsure that you wanted to bring a life into the yeah. Uh, into a fail, another failed relationship, yeah. right? I think that may have been a part of it too. But I remember calling around trying to look for her and stuff. And then I got, I I got a woman on the phone, and I had thought me as the husband had some kind of like had enough stature for a woman on the phone to get me into to tell me where she is and whatnot. 
but at that time she told me that you know even as the husband my rights were limited mm-hmm. right? that's what they did so that's the message she was giving to me on the phone so because uh, i did search mm-hmm. all around to different places and remember this is before cell phones <laughs> yeah. And technology. yeah this was 19 this is looking in the yellow pages this is 1992 <laughs> This was 1992. <laughs> yeah, so I was, yeah, I was looking in, yeah, yeah, it had to be yellow page. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it had to be but I, but I thought, yeah, so I thought I found her, but I may not have because the lady, because uh, you know they they give you the lowdown on what the rights are, mm-hmm. you know. So, so I don't know, I don't know what what else from my memory will be jogged right now as she talks. But it's, it's all starting to come back. <laughs> At that time, we didn't have the research that we have today uh-huh. about things. Now we found find out in research that uh, a por- we call it the executive portion of the brain is the part of the brain that makes uh, morality choices, executive decisions that 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 has the uh, moral issues and, and the ability to make good choices versus bad choices. That part of the brain actually doesn't fully develop until ages from 25 to 30, I think it was 35, mm-hmm. 30, 35. And, and, and so we're faced with doing things when we're not really, not only uh, uh, not prepared for the consequences or the experiences that come with the de- decisions that we make, we can't always make good choices under the pressure of the experience that we're going through. And, and uh, it, it becomes really difficult. We, we, need, uh, uh, we need to be able to connect to people that have lived and have some experience. The problem with that is that quite often the generation that, that we would connect to have issues themselves. They have written scripts themselves. So that makes it difficult for us to talk. We need their wisdom, yeah. but we can't connect to them. We can't connect to them. And I think that's really important for us. One of the things that, that I'm really wanting to do is, is uh, help these, the older generation, which is my generation, understand the importance of creating a relationship that's open enough and safe enough so that the generation under us can actually talk to us. Mm-hmm. That is critical. Mm-hmm. It's cri- we didn't have it. The generation that was over us, they just had real scripts going on. It could have been from slavery because they weren't that far removed from slavery. Uh, it could have been all kinds of things going on. But they didn't have the capacity or the experience or the or the the skills to create a relationship that's open enough and safe enough so we could confide in them. Yeah. And, and we suffered so. from it. We suffered from that. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I think it's really, really important. Like I said, I had um, a support group. I mm-hmm. had friends. Um, that 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 helped me all the way through and and um family that helped me out as well and out of all that support i only had one person that's close in family um 
throw it back in a negative way. And I realized and I had to learn it's not me, it's them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it like I said, it's been almost thirty years since this happened and just you know, earlier this year, they got upset and threw it in my face. But now it's like, okay, you know what I mean? Like I already been through the hurt, already been, <laughs> I've been through the pain that doesn't hurt anymore. And I know who I am. I know that was the 20 year old person. Yeah. That was the person that was hurt, that was scared, that felt hopeless, but yeah. I'm not that person anymore, you know? And I think that's the biggest difference is I had to rebuild me because of that and find out who I am because of that. And no, I didn't know I can go that low. Before that, I if you would have said, Linda, would you ever have an abortion? I'd be like, no, I know it's wrong and all this other stuff. I never would thought I would go that low and 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 be that hurt, you know, and, and deal with that pain like that of feeling hopelessness. Yeah. that I thought that was my only way out. Now it's like, okay, I am like totally more positive and encouraging and I refuse to look at anything negative. It has to be another way because mm-hmm. I learned from that experience. No, mm-hmm. don't, I'm never going to go there again. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that that God is bigger and I'm stronger. He He made me stronger for anything that is on this earth that can take that much power away from me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So through the experience, it helped me grow and become stronger. But I still will always have to deal with that hurt and pain that comes with of what I've done. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when I see a bunch of kindergartners or a bo- bunch of kids, I I I still get emotional inside. Yeah. I don't yeah. cry anymore, or people around me can't tell. But inside, it still does something to me. Yes. Yes, yes. You know, and I and I think it's always going to be that way. And it's so funny because when people say how many kids you have, in my head, I want to say five. <laughs> you know, because that's where my heart is at. It's, mm-hmm. I have five. Mm-hmm. But instead, I say two. Yeah. You know, we we go through that process and it's, it's hard. Yes. And to me, taking the time to do this today, especially for the people that kept um, their experience of having abortion a secret that that they're dealing with this pain alone oh. and they can't forgive themselves or um, just stuck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of, of feeling regret and hurt and can't build a relationship with their spouse because he might not know or he does know and he can't forgive. You know, there's so much more there that just needs to be discussed um, that I felt this is very important to share, very yep. important to, to talk about, because I wish we had this back then. And with technology now and what's going on now, it's time to stop being the bearers of our our, 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 our sins and our thoughts and, and our scars and time to show them so we can build the next generation, my grandkids, will see this video one day and say, yeah, grandma messed up and I learned from that mistake. I'm going to make different choices. I'm going to do this. Or they have a clear mind of this choice lead to this this way or this this road. 
Yeah, so you have to do the opposite because, um, like, so I remember something that you said, um, James, where um, you have said that um, if you want to mess things up, all you got to do is act natural. Mm -hmm. Remember that statement you said? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. But so in that context, then it's like when we have to pass on stuff, we think in our minds that we only pass on the good things, mm -hmm. right? Or the good lessons. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Or we talk about the good lessons, but you're supposed to talk, you're supposed to pass on some of those bad lessons of that course. you have learned that you learn from. But I think many people are just embarrassed or they mind their mind is not there, like, well, we only share good stuff, not the bad stuff. But sometimes, like, you have to do the opposite of what's natural. Right. Right. Like, you know, because that, that's how people learn. People can learn from good decisions, but they also learn from, the, from, from mistakes as well. Right. I don't know why we walk around thinking that we need to be perfect when we know good and well that we're not perfect. Uh, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, that's how we walk. <laughs> we walk like that. You know, like your job is, is based on performances. Right. And I get that. But it's like that mindset is actually a perfect performance. It doesn't include a few mistakes, you know, accidents. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Humans are not perfect. None of us. And to, to, to try to create a mirage or, or, or an illusion that we are is just it's first of all, it's prideful. It's, it's a waste of time. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't help anyone. Not even the person who's trying to create it. <laughs> it doesn't help. <laughs> right. So, I really appreciate this. Uh, you know, I don't know how far you want to go into this. Uh, when, whenever you want, if you, uh, we can talk about us too, because we've had the experience also. Yeah. I want to share one more thing before we do that. I do want to do that, but what comes to my head is you teach. There's three things that everybody needs. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm going to say them wrong, so I'm not going <laughs> to try to say it while you're here. But I think people that had the experience of having abortion needs those three things. Can you share that, please? Sure. Uh, actually, the Lord gave that to my wife. It's a, a revelation that... Uh, he gave her, and I like to fell out of the chair when I heard it, and I've been talking about it ever since. I just took it and ran with it. Hopefully, she can write a book about it. But there, there are three questions that all of us as humans need to be answered. The first one is, am I okay? All of us ask that question all the time. As we get older, we get more sophisticated in how we ask it. Like, how did you like dinner? Or do I look good or, or what do you think of this this hat or this dress what I'm asking really is am I okay a am I okay or another way of saying it is will you choose me will you choose me because the, the feeling of not being chosen mm. being rejected directly affects your sense of being okay being adequate being sufficient okay the second question is did i do good see all of us need a cheerleader every one of every human needs a cheerleader and, and the question of did i do good actually means can i please you 
can I please you? Because if I don't have the ability to please you, then something must be wrong with me. Mm. Can I please you? Or did I do good? Most of the time we ask that question when we messed up. And the third one is, do you still love me? And, and the do you still love me question simply means this. Do you care enough for me that you won't throw me away after you found out what the burden and the yoke that comes with me is? Will you take my yoke on you or am I not worth the trouble? Do you still love me? Three questions. We always ask them all the time. And, and as soon as good as we get as, as when we get to the point where we're sharp enough to recognize when that person is asking that question, then we can answer it in a positive way. Because that's what we need. We need positive answers to those three questions. Because those three questions define our identity. The whole point of me asking um, you, Pastor Flowers, what was the three things is the second one. I think after making that decision and doing that choice, they get stuck on the second one and they know that they did something wrong and they have that guilt and they can't, they can, they can do the first one. The first one is, am I okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? They can fight through that and be okay. And they can do the last one, which is, right. Because they overcame it and they're back together with the person or they with somebody else or just feel loved. Mm -hmm. But the second one is mm -hmm. where they're stuck at. The second one is where they feel hopeless at. The second one can put them right back in that cycle of why am I here? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to just spend a moment or a time to help them with the second one. It's even to the point of just knowing God forgives you and you have to forgive yourself or whatever it is that can help them through. And I wanted you to just talk about that to work through the process of that. Okay, I, I, I wish I actually had my notes from, I think last Sunday, we talked about it a little bit last Sunday, and I can't, I, I don't forgot now where the scripture was, but it talked about God, he, he takes care of us, he, he, he would give humans, uh, and I, I've, I've gotten the wording off now, for us. And, and what it really means is, I love you so much, you please me. What we have to come to a place to understand is we have the, the ability to be pleasing to God. Just us, who we are, not our mistakes. You, the individual person, can be pleasing to God. Because that's what that question really means. Did I do good? Will you cheer for me? In other words, can I make you happy? So it begins with, can I please God? God, can I actually please you? Because if I can please you, even with the things that I've made, the choices that weren't good choices, if I still have the capacity and the ability within me to please you, I can please me. But I have to know I can please myself so that I know I can please God. God didn't create you not to be able to please him. Babe went and got my notes where it is. Now I think it's over in Isaiah. No, no, we're not. Anyway, anyway, thank you, though. Thank you, babe. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> Isaiah 4010, I believe it was, somewhere around up in there. Maybe I don't want to, to misquote it or get it out, Isaiah out of place. Isaiah 26. Oh, 26? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was 26, 3, and 4. Uh, I think that's where it was. Uh, and she, she went and got the Bible so she don't get it for us. It, it's really important to know this, uh, that, that we can please God because he's pleased. First of all, he's pleased with the creation, you. He looked at you when he created you and said, this is good. This is good. And, and so uh, God has this amazing ability to separate our decisions that aren't so good or bad choices from his creation, what is good, which is good. He's got this amazing ability to do that. In fact, he takes those bad things we do that we, we still wrestling with. He's got a whole seat where he throws that stuff. So he don't even remember it no more. We go out in the sea. We go dive off into the sea and go find it and bring it back to him and say, I'm sorry. Here, what I did. I'm sorry. Like, what is that? What was that? Yeah. So, so the scope is, 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 re is really important to understand. His vision is eternal. Our vision quite often is temporal. So we see something that we did as finality, whereas if it was something we did has eternal uh, implications, what we may have thought we destroyed just came back into his hands. Yeah. So, so he sees something different from how we see it. So I, I you know, I, I, we haven't talked about us, but I, just to tell you, I look forward to seeing my kids again. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. Yeah. I look forward. Now, I would think and hope you would look forward to it too. Yes, very powerful, very, very good. Uh, so uh, we're going to end it right there for the day for this first part of it and continue with next time. But before we go, though, I'd like the people to know a little bit about where they can find you. If you can give, you know, your okay. website. Our church website is uh, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash center of Christ ministry dot com. So they can find us there. Our family life. Institute website is https colon forward slash forward slash family life institute ie dot com. Okay, we'd like to thank you, Pastor James and Pastor Kathy Flowers, for joining us. We will pick this up next time. And also, this is Joe and Linda with Fight to Stay Married. Don't forget, you can follow us or join us on patreon.com slash fighting to stay married. And uh, until next time, we'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. You're All right. Thanks for having us. <laughs> you know what? When you, when you were talking, um, the marriage vows popped in my head. You know, I didn't, I didn't do research on how it came to be or how those marriage vows were written, right? Mm -hmm. But I know some of it says for better, you know, one part is for better or for worse, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's in there. Sickness and health. Yes, sir. It's in there. Uh, richer or poor. Mm -hmm. So when you were speaking about that, am I okay? You know, do you still love me? Um, and oh, wait a minute. What's the second one? Did I do good? 
you're not do good. Mm-hmm. It's like so to me, some of those things. But I don't know why it, the marriage vows popped in my head because to me, those marriage vows, even though they are good for that moment when you're getting married, mm-hmm. but I don't think people are really thinking about it then because of the celebration, mm-hmm. the parties, and all that. And to me, and this is just my opinion, those marriage vows actually come into play later. Oh yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, because you're because you're not you're not going to get your worst and your sicknesses or and all that on on day one. You may not get it on day one. You might not even get it on day fifty. <laughs> but it's coming, right? You know, that's, that's, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's why that's why they're called vows. <laughs> when you take a vow, you um, are taking something that's not to be taken lightly. Uh-huh. It's it to be, um, you, you need to really take it seriously. That's why whenever we do premarital coaching, um, we always go over those vows to really make people think. And then when he actually performs a wedding, he explains it to the to the to the witnesses. Because people just they just they want to hurry up and get through it to get to the cake, open the gifts and wave goodbye as they're off on their honeymoon. And the cans dragging. Yeah, the cans dragging. <laughs> <laughs> and for the most part, People don't really pay attention to that. Right. It's it's the formality, the beauty of it, the pageantry of it. But to actually pay attention to what's being said, I think the average person would say, I don't know if I'm really ready for that. Because mm-hmm. it's not, like I said, it's not to be taken lightly. It's not something that, you know, you go to the meat market and do do I buy the meat that's on sale or do I buy a good cut of meat? You know, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I try to make things more practical, but what we have to realize is that we don't get to choose. Maybe you've chosen the person that you want to marry, but you don't get to choose whether or not 10 years from now, they may get um, a, a a disease that could cause them to die early or to have a condition in their body where you might end up having to take care of them. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't go there. Yeah. But it's that's that's what it is. That's what the marriage vows are and that's why they're so sacred. And that's why he's chosen he's talking about me writing the book. He needs to write a book. And I believe that people would take it a lot more seriously if they understood the gravity of what's being said. And it's almost like it, it, it seems to me that we need these constant reminders of those vows. Like, so, you know, because you can go in, you know, you could be five years, 10 years down the road in your marriage and not even be thinking about it, right? So it, it would be nice to have these reminders, like, oh, you're going down to the grocery shop and you go to the grocery store and you're in the can aisle, but they have a can that says, have you thought about your vows? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you brought the meat, Martin, the meat 
So you're in the meet, they have a little cuddles there. What about those wedding vows? <laughs> yeah. And that's that. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, because, yeah, because it's, it's you, you people, they, you forget. You know, you, you forget. We, we forget that our relationships, they need these reminders of what you said and what you vowed to. It's like you need tune-ups or maintenance yes, as well. Yes. We, we, we're, we're real in tune about other things, but the, some of the things that we, you know, that are real important, like a marriage, mm-hmm. we don't really, we don't really tune that up as it should. We don't give, give it that update. Oh, your, your, your computer needs updating. <laughs> we, we, you know? <laughs> yep. You're right. You're right. You're right. And that's why, um, having rings on our fingers uh-huh. reminds us of, you know, because they're, we use precious stones such as diamonds and other people use different gems, but it's either going to be silver or gold. And uh-huh. you, you, you pick it out carefully because this is something that you will wear for the rest of your life. If you're in a marriage, if you're in a good relationship, Every time you look at it, it reminds you of what you said you would do. Not not what they would do, but what you would do. Oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, and so when we, and, and, and other people need to be reminded, you know, hey, I'm married. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, okay, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Back off, back off, buddy. I'm married. Hello. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but I think um, oh we need my. to we need to understand the purity, the sanctity, and the I, I I'm, I'm looking for another word that is in T. <laughs> you say the unity. Beauty, the beauty, the beauty <laughs> of marriage, of marriage. Not everyone is suited for it, uh-huh. and that's because some people choose not to be, but it's to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think because we, you know, between what you two experienced and what we experienced, we never saw that in our yeah. life. Yeah. We never, we never imagined that, but when people are joined together, that's why um fellowship and community and connecting is so important because life is too important to do on your own nobody is a lone ranger and if they are a lone ranger they're a very lonely lone ranger because life is meant to do it with others and that's why um i would say the pandemic is really damaging relationships because some people just need to get out and be with their family members. And, and for those that are in marriage relationships and they're not good and they're not healthy and maybe they're toxic, it can be the most devastating thing in the world. Now, I've got to deal with you, but I don't know how because we've never had healthy communication skills. We've never communicated on a level where we could just be ourselves. You brought up a good point too. And I think we were coming, we're going to, we're coming up at the top of the hour. So I want to uh, 
probably uh, end it there in a few minutes because uh, we want to make it a because uh, I know you, we want to be mindful of your time. But you, you have you said something very important too about uh, taking the marriage seriously because it brought it brought up a point where I remember being in the in the military at one point and. I remember this guy was trying to pick up this this woman, try to talk to this woman. And she was trying to, to defend herself like, I'm married. And I would never forget what he said. He said, so I'm married too. Oh, wow. He said that. So it's like, we need to, we, we, either ourselves, you know, like I'm a, I use myself, for example, either me, like I need to be reminded Right. Somebody else need to come in and say something and remind you because mm -hmm. sometimes we just get messed up in the head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he, was, he was very he was very messed up in the head. Yeah. yeah. From that statement. Right. But right. she was trying to. But the thing about it is she didn't leave. <laughs> she still stayed and allowed him to talk. But I mean, I was walking away. So I heard that and I just continued on my business, you know, but. But I think, uh, I think it's really important too, Joe, to have uh, men. Men need mentors. They they need men. Young men need men that have a life of experience and influence mm -hmm. to support them and encourage them to do things in a certain way. Men need mentors. Yeah, uh, and when that's not in, when we don't have that, uh, it it becomes really difficult for guys. If I'm just talking about guys now, from a guy point of view, it becomes really difficult for a guy to be uh, the guy he's supposed to be. I have a voice in my head, Joe, all the time. It's called my dad. He's in my head. He's he's gone. But he's in my head all the time. From when I was about five or six out there trying to help him fix his car, he took the car and made me understand <coughs> you service your wife as we service our car. He talked about servicing your wife. I don't know nothing about no wife at five. <laughs> but Today, at 72 years old, I hear him talking to me about servicing my life. I hear him talking. Things that go by that I let pass, I hear him in my head. Why? Mm. <laughs> I hear, and we need that. We, we, we need, I, I, I have, it's hard for me to understand how a guy can do things in a way that will be good without voices in his head that's talking to him from the past, those voices that he respect. Mm. I wanted to be like daddy and he took advantage of that mm -hmm. and taught me how to be a husband. Mm -hmm. He spoke into my life and said, flowers men treat their wives like this. This is who we are. That's good. I, you know, and and so for us today, we gotta we gotta do this for our kids, for right. our young boys, and right. for, for our young men. We right. got to be able 
to speak into their lives and say, Burton's treat their wives like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is who we are. Mm -hmm. This is who we are. 